Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business. Come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. In this episode of the podcast, I had the pleasure of interviewing Ziad Lakluk. Ziad is a pharmacist and he also holds a position at the organization Saw Beyond. So in this interview, Ziad shares his pharmacy journey and what led him into working in primary care networks and for the organization Saw Beyond, which is a private organization providing workforce solutions for pharmacists and other primary care network roles. Ziad provides some really helpful advice around what to do when getting started into a new role, which is universal advice and really, really helpful advice. We talk about selling and Ziad was really honest about his experiences in promoting the Sorbion platform and making sure he's guided by his own values and the code of contact to make sure those lines don't get blurred. He talks about some of the challenges when integrating new roles and talks about the fear of the unknown. And I think we can all relate to that. And we both share our kind of long term vision. And it's quite daunting sharing that out loud because you don't know how life is going to unfold. But it's good to have an intention. It's also good to be open minded and flexible and responsive. But yeah, we both share the goals for the future, which I hope you appreciate as always, when guests come on the podcast, they don't know what I'm going to ask them. And I really do appreciate their time. I really hope you like listening. If you're not in the world of pharmacy, I'm sure some of the advice and some of the challenges resonate because we all work in the field of healthcare. Enjoy. Hey Ziad, thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing? Hi Tara, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. So our paths cross because you work at Saw Beyond and we're collaborating with one of my clients and in every time I've spoken to you, I was thinking, oh, I really want to ask him. I don't just want to talk to you about work, I want to know like about you and there's never really the opportunity because we're always kind of up against it time-wise so this is my opportunity actually to get to know that like unprofessional side of you could you share with our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do for your work 
I'm, I'm a pharmacist, first and foremost, which is how our paths crossed. So I qualified as a pharmacist 10 years ago in 2011. And throughout my journey over the last 10 years of being a pharmacist, I've gone through many different sectors within pharmacy. I mean, it's, I've been quite fortunate that pharmacies offered me a kind of versatile and varied uh, portfolio so far. So I started off as a, as a hospital pharmacist in my early years after qualifying, working in the NHS in a new acute trust setting. And then I moved on after that to locum for a couple of years while I found my feet and thought more in depth about what I want to do on the longer term. So that was mostly around the kind of community pharmacy setting and a private hospital setting as well. So lots of private hospitals have pharmacy departments that are staffed by pharmacists and technicians. So I found that as an opportunity when I was still in the phase of discovering what roles I could take on on the longer term. Then I moved on to, I suppose, the more business side of things, which which is where a lot of my passion currently is. And I really developed that in the community pharmacy private sector. So um, I led and managed uh, anything from the level of a single pharmacy, an independent single pharmacy to a group of four pharmacies. So kind of a small multiple of pharmacies, if you like, independently owned. And then I moved from that to a kind of larger group a couple of years later to manage a group of pharmacists and um, develop them and their teams and their services. Um, And then I ended up with with my last experience in community pharmacy, working for Tesco Pharmacy across a region of uh, around about 40 pharmacies, stretching from so South Central, so Berkshire up 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 to about Nottinghamshire and everything in between as well so that took me on to the more kind of commercial side of pharmacy and how pharmacy fits into the healthcare of corporates and and what we can do as pharmacists to engage the public in in public health community pharmacy offerings but also fulfill our day-to-day pharmacist roles which is around supply of medication advice counseling provision of other services related to medicines so after that stint in in the commercial world of community pharmacy I've then moved on to uh, primary care. And, and my first encounter in that was in 2017, when I trained to become an independent prescriber by training within a GP practice. So I started off as a single pharmacist working alongside my GP supervisor to um, get familiar with primary care, work in the GP setting, and trying to understand not just the service provision side of things, but also the business setup, you know, how are GP surgeries set up? How What's the ownership model like? How does that compare with pharmacy most crucially? And, and where where could pharmacists slot into this? And back then in 2017, pharmacists were not were nowhere near as abundant as they are today in 2021 in general practice and indeed in primary care networks. So it was kind of a nice prelude for me to, to be there at the early stages and then see the, the development from there. So since then, I'd say um, since 2017, I've been working mostly within the primary care setting and have seen the formation of PCNs in the process. And that brings me to my current role, which is a lead pharmacist in a primary care network for couple of days a week and also my other role is uh, with the uh, consultancy pharmaceutical company Saw Beyond. So could you go back could what knowing what you know now where you said you were the the first pharmacist in 2017 in the GP practice and you've kind of you're helping to establish the pharmacy service in your PCN knowing what you know now what advice would you give to somebody new going into the world of primary care, a pharmacist stepping into primary care that's maybe that's got an acute or community background, because it's it's a different culture, it's a different way of operating. Yeah, so I think the first thing is, is probably to tap into any resources around you in terms of, so there are plenty of 
pharmacists now who have been there and have become relatively senior. So if, if there is the opportunity, if you're a newly joining pharmacist coming into primary care and there is a senior pharmacist of some sort, either within your practice or within your network, then I would say the first thing you should do is really tap into that advice and expertise. Try and engage with them as much as possible, not just at a kind of practice or network level, but also on the wider patch. Lots of pharmacists are now networking across footprints such as CCGs and integrated care systems. So I think that networking is one of the probably the most powerful tools that you can deploy as a newly joining pharmacist that's just starting off. And also not forgetting that you are at the end of the day part of an MDT. So also finding a way to connect as early on as possible with the other members of the MDT. So getting to know your GPs, whether they're partners or salaried, getting to know your practice nurses. They all again, there's a spectrum of different practice nurses in primary care now. So to understanding the different roles and the depths of the different roles. And then also the other members as well. There's so many more emerging roles that that we've we support through through, through Soul Beyond, as you know, um, with, the, with the evolving networks. So it's really getting that broad exposure of not just what, what's life as a pharmacist in primary care like, but also well, actually, what, what is the MDT makeup that I'm working within or across? And how does that shape my team and how will that shape me professionally and personally? And we're talking about pharmacists, but the advice you've just given is universal. It doesn't really matter where you are if you feel like you're new into an area and you don't fully understand, you know, like how the mechanics work, the networking and making the time, you know, and it's hard. You have to try to make the time when there is a feeling when there isn't enough time. But you, in order to make life easier and more enjoyable in your work to feel like you're making a difference, you have to find those pockets of times and being part of the WhatsApp groups or, you know, like joining teams. One of the things that I do if I'm trying to connect to somebody and it's been quite hard and I see them on a Teams meeting, I'll just send them a message like then and there, like we're on the same meeting, we're trying to track you down. I know what your face looks like. You have to be proactive about it because life is just really busy and people aren't ignoring people on purpose is sometimes you get tunnel vision because you're like this is my to-do list I'm going to try to get it done today yeah so I found that it's one of those things that's probably high up the proactive list of priority things to do so there are things that we have to do proactively and reactively now in primary care especially with the ever-growing workload and, and challenges and I think precisely what you've said about networking through different channels mm-hmm. has to be uh, as a proactive um, activity that you just have to prioritise both as a pharmacist but any kind of newly joining member of of, of the MDT um, in, in primary care. So I find that that's been quite helpful really to, to get through those channels as, as you've mentioned. So tell us about your role in Saw Beyond. So I actually officially joined Saw Beyond as a clinical pharmacist only in April this year which is now about around about five months ago and I'll just give you a bit of background before I join them as to how my paths crossed with Saw Beyond. Um, when I joined my current PCN back in late 2019, early 2020, before the pandemic, Saw Beyond were the company that was asked by my prospective PCN then to recruit me. So actually, they they ran the whole recruitment because the PCN had never uh, recruited a pharmacist before neither at practice level nor at network level, they decided to outsource the recruitment of the uh, lead clinical pharmacist, which was going to be me, uh, to Saw Beyond. So I was then um, interviewed and recruited through Saw Beyond in that process, and that's how I initially got to know Saw Beyond. When I started my post as the lead PCN pharmacist for that network, Saw Beyond were then providing my monthly 
support coaching sessions around not just the nuts and bolts of how you do your daily job, but actually how you do the thinking around everything. So it's that it's that headspace around how do you how do you embed yourself in this new environment? How do you build a vision for creating a new team that hasn't existed in this network? And how do you then more crucially develop and retain your role and the role of those that you're potentially going to grow within your own clinical pharmacy team as well? And so through those monthly coaching sessions that I had with Soul Beyond throughout last year, uh, the opportunity came up to join Soul Beyond in uh, around about Christmas time 2020, where I thought, actually, there might be an opportunity here to move across from the NHS role that I have to Soul Beyond full time. But I thought, actually, I don't want to lose my NHS background and, and, and how much that's given me, particularly in a difficult year over the pandemic and what we've been able to contribute as pharmacists to the mass vaccination programme. So I thought, actually, let me have a think about this. I spent a good three weeks thinking about how do I want to play this? Do I want to go full time with Sorbion? Do I want to stay um, half and half between the two? And then luckily I had, you know, completely understanding employees from both ends. I mean, my clinical director in my network was very supportive, actually gave me, you know, really good tips and advice as to where I want to develop and, and, and what, what it is, where, where my strengths are, um, perhaps where, where, where should my development opportunities be or where should they lie and, and what the twin role could potentially bring yeah. to my PDP um, and then I decided to, to to take my role so that brought me to Saw Beyond almost half half a full-time equivalent for Saw Beyond and and um, I've been working with them since to really expand on what I've learned in my cross-sector and NHS journey so far with regards to emerging pharmacist roles but also I think it's the the thinking around the wider picture in the NHS uh, particularly primary care and the workforce challenges we have, not just where can pharmacists be the solution or, or be part of the solution, but also where do we fit into the bigger picture and also what, what what other roles can we help with as pharmacists as well? Because medicines are the most common used, commonly used intervention in, in clinical practice. And actually, it's not just us pharmacists that do have to optimise medicines and look after them. It's the wider MDT. So how can we support them as well? And look, by looking at things from a non-pharmacist perspective to reach the same medicines and patient outcomes that we all want to reach. And to date, how many primary care networks has has Saw Beyond supported? We have a number of primary care networks and actually our, our customers at Saw Beyond aren't just PCNs. So just to give you a bit of context, actually, we have some of our clients are GP federations. Some of them are primary care networks. And then we've also got clients who are individual practices as well, who have been with us before the conceptions of PCNs in 2019. So altogether, if you factor in, um, so the UK in total, including Northern Ireland, we have over 450, I think approaching almost 500 clients who are either practices, PCNs or federations at the moment. And what are like the top three challenges that you encounter as an organisation with embedding your, the pharmacy service? I think the, the new challenge is fear of the unknown, I would say. When you think about the journey that pharmacists have gone through to get to where we are now in primary care, if we just rewind the clock back a little bit, pharmacists probably start, first started appearing in, in, in general practice, from my understanding, sort of mid to late 90s. But actually, more recently, I think most new relatively newly qualified pharmacists will probably say it was more in the 2000s around about between 2005 2010 that pharmacists initially came in 
And actually, for them to come in in high numbers over the last couple of years, we've gone from very small numbers to now a vision to, to build uh, an army of 7,000 pharmacists by 2024, just in general practice. Uh, the biggest challenge really has been around how do we establish an identity for this role? Where does it belong in terms of a sense of belonging, particularly in networks now that are not clearly defined entities? Uh, and I think also to make that role very visible and demonstrable to the stakeholders within primary care. So the people that are recruiting pharmacists, including GP partners across PCNs, clinical directors, and then obviously other types of directors or, or recruitment managers or business managers working across federations as well. So it's, it's really make, giving them that clarity, visibility, and dem- or I suppose showcasing what we deliver and what we can achieve is, is one of the challenges that we do come across early on because with a new role, people are always looking at, well, what can they do to help us to alleviate the workforce challenges, to reduce workload and so on? And if those answers aren't arrived at relatively quickly, you don't you do run into challenges. And that's what we do find supporting um, a lot of our clients. I think for all of the challenges I have experienced, recruiting the pharmacists was the best thing we ever did. And when you say... I'm really lucky. I don't understand how people couldn't see the value in a primary care network of a pharmacist. I don't like, we would have only, like we would be top heavy with pharmacists. We love them. We're about to recruit I think 2.5 FTE. Like we love them. Absolutely love them. So if anybody wants to hear our experiences of pharmacy, please uh, get in touch because A, we've been tremendously lucky we found the people with the right skill set, with the right mindset, and they didn't all have a primary care background. They come from community. So we have been exceptionally lucky and we haven't had those challenges. I think the, from being, the only challenge that we have, and it's, this is not related to pharmacists, is where you've, we've got a big network is, I say to people, you know, like you can't slice the cake evenly. You can't have one person, two people work perfectly across eight practices all of the time because you know they're in a locality the patient's population is slightly different in in those practices so that has been it's around equity and it's challenging because everybody's like I want my bit I want my bit yeah she's amazing we need that we need more time we need more time so that has been the challenge but demonstrating the value of the role it was evident very early on but there were I think there were a couple of pharmacists in the practice so that also helped but not everybody had that so yeah we've been really really lucky I guess also while we're we're at this because the question was originally around from a all beyond perspective what we see as challenges with the pharma clinical pharmacist role in primary care I think another important one which I haven't mentioned so far is around the support and development that you can offer pharmacists to actually you know, increase their confidence and clinical competence in perhaps areas that they haven't come across before, but they have got the aptitude and attitude to develop within. It's having that plan in place to support them, develop and grow them, but also ultimately retain them. Because uh, what's also painful to see actually from some of the PCNs that we've worked with sometimes is, is actually after they put all of that effort into the recruitment phase and the support and development, even through some of the initiatives that we provide, that retention question mark remains. And that could be to do with a number of factors. It could be to support with clinical matters. It could be more professional personal support, or it could just be creating the work, the, the kind of right 
environment for the pharmacist to feel that they do belong to a network uh, rather than, oh, I, I feel that a third of me belongs to that practice, a quarter of me to that one, mm. and then the, you know, a quarter to that one and so on and so forth. So that, that's another big, big challenge mm. uh, that we're still grappling with now. Do you ever find there's a conflict of interest when you're in your NHS role or like your primary care network role and then you're looking for opportunities from soar beyond or is it quite they're complementary it's just complementary it's not a conflict and that wherever you are whoever you're talking to you know like you can just navigate that private public world quite easily. I'd say because we set out in the right way at the beginning so when I kind of chose to divide my role almost and, and and have this twin role opportunity that I do have now I, I set out to actually make sure I mitigate and just just make sure that that risk is minimal and really the way I did that was everything in my day-to-day responsibilities really were the, the 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 aim really is to kind of dovetail and harmonize my work streams across both the kind of private sphere and then also the NHS as well and, and there are quite a few good examples of this um, that I can think about. And actually, I think if I, I suppose the point that I'm going to try to get to is if you set out in the right way to start with. And as pharmacists, I do think that our kind of ethical grounding is quite strong because it's it's ingrained in our training. And also when you enter the pharmaceutical industry and the private side of things, there's there's a whole code of conduct called the ABPI code. So you feel that if you look left in the NHS direction, you'll find the the code of, of ethics there. And then right in the pharmaceutical industry, equally, there's a code there as well. And it's, it's having really understanding those and how how to mesh the two roles together in the context of those codes, for me, has actually facilitated my journey in making sure that the, that conflict of interest um, is minimal. I would say that there were times where, where I did question some kind of conversations, forums that where, where I was in, where perhaps certain stakeholders will be looking for certain, you know, advantageous information or intelligence, you know, pertinent to one role or the other. But I think having, as I said, having that grounding and knowledge of, of where you stand, it does ensure that you can conduct yourself appropriately in, appropriately in those sticky situations where conflict of interest is an issue. My advice would be if somebody was to embark on a twin role like this, to really understand the um, pharmaceutical industry code of practice, which is called the ABPI code for the Association of um, Pharmaceutical and British um, Industry Partners, and then also the our own code of conduct within the NHS to understand where our, our, our uh, interests are, where there's potential conflict of interest as well, uh, and how to balance the two. Um, so it's, it, it can be tricky and challenging, but I think it's possible from my experience so far. And your role in Soar Beyond, are you selling? In a nutshell, I would say, yes, there is some selling. For example, the um, smart platform, which is an online platform that we use to competency, competency assess and capability map members of, 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 a, of a team, and also then to, to, to try and come up to help them. There's development and support tools there to come up with development planning. That if I if I go into a meeting as a store beyond pharmacist, delivering the the benefits or the solutions of their problems around development planning, capability mapping, competency assessments, then I do feel that I'm in a, in a selling role then. Uh, because that, that is a product that Saw Beyond have worked so hard to develop over the last few years and that I am I am delivering it there, I suppose, as a sale. And, and, and that's how it would look like, I think, from the outside. But actually, my approach is always one of, well, actually, let's, before we jump to a solution, let's actually look at what our 
current challenges, problems are, and then we ultimately arrive at something which is actually akin to what we've developed. And that really is testament to how this platform was developed in the first place. It was developed based on, based on case discussions, case studies with NHS partners with Saw Beyond and actually understanding their problems and what they were facing in a growing workforce of additional new roles, then presented us with this with this idea to come up with this platform. And do you feel comfortable having that conversation or do you feel like, you know, you trained as a pharmacist, it's not like your every day, is it you're just like a duck to water or do you ever feel like? So I think I think sometimes I do feel, mm, you know, am I kind of, have I got the right skill set for this? And I think that's more because when you've gone through like a kind of an academic, a relatively academic training and professional training, you are almost conditioned to think that actually to develop a skill set of some sort, you should do it in a a structured, learned way. And I think because I've never done sales and marketing in a structured, learned way, even in my commercial experience before, it does sometimes feel that it's unnatural. Speaking to some of my colleagues in Sorbonne sometimes, we we do sometimes look at each other and say, when you first qualified as a pharmacist, did you ever see yourself doing a job, this job? (laughs) And and that's always an interesting question. We never get tired of that question. We always ask each other that question. And, And my answer is always, no, actually, I didn't see myself doing this kind of job. But actually, it's more than just sales. Because when we come to approach sales, we don't actually go into client meetings feeling, actually, I'm going to sell something and this might be uncomfortable because of X, Y, or Z. We always think, actually, let's try and hear out what the problem is, relate to that both with my NHS cap on and my Saw Beyond cap on. And actually, I don't just talk about, I, I never suggest just Saw Beyond solutions. This is the other thing I think that why our clients like working with us is that we do have the autonomy to even suggest our own personal solutions to experiences based on what we've gone through. Mm. So a smart platform, for example, could be part of your solution, but I will not sell you the idea that smart is the holy grail which will solve all your problems. So I think bringing that ethical slant into our sales conversations and discussions has been the almost like my comfort zone coming at okay. it from a pharmacist perspective. But yeah, completely. It, it's If I just look at it as a sales and marketing piece, sometimes it's terrifying because you think, oh, hang on, I don't know. Somebody at the other end could be really well-versed and very well-experienced in this and can pick all sorts of you know, holes perhaps in, in how I'm presenting this idea. And actually that I'm not the best person necessarily to do sales, but uh, I think it's all just about the approach that you have rather than what you say to sell the product. So at the beginning, you mentioned you were taking roles, kind of trying to work out what your long, you know, like the long term is going to look like. So where you are today, what does the long term look like? And it will change, obviously, but what you, what's on your mind today, do you be career wise? I think it takes a very brave person, Tara, to answer that question, honestly, and actually say, I think I'm going to bet that this will, this is what's going to happen. No, you never know. It manifests it. I've said all sorts. And then I think, oh my God, it's happened. Well, let's see. So I suppose we could, we could play it safe and think about what could happen over the next five years to pharmacists in primary care and the pharmacist role in primary care, because we know that there is already almost a, a route map to that, that way. The, the numbers will grow. There'll be more and more pharmacists recruited into primary care as part of the NHS long-term plan that we know with more, with increasing numbers, they will all become prescribers who are autonomous practitioners. Some of them will go on become, to become advanced. Others will be, maybe become specialists. Some will be more generalist. So they'll, I can see that there will be a spectrum. This isn't written anywhere yet, but I can see that it's going to head towards having some sort of spectrum similar to how GPs have special interests, for example. 
So I think instead of boxing the pharmacist in as, as just a medicines optimization expert professional, that actually I think that they can take on a much wider remit across a range of uh, chronic diseases and how those are managed, both using medicines and also with, with, with other approaches that are not, not necessarily medicines orientated. So I think we, we will get that development and maturity happening over the next few years as the numbers increase, as the expertise and capacity grows. And as hopefully, I'm hoping that the support channels and networks will grow. I mean, we work hard at Sorbion to provide this support to uh, build competence and confidence in pharmacists in primary care predominantly. But actually, we can't cover, you know, possibly 7,000 roles ourselves. So we do need, I think, more collaboration, more innovative ways of working. Our model is based around the NHS and the pharmaceutical industry collaborating to deliver medicines education. But that that's not necessarily the only model that could work. So we just need to think more about how will we create the right environment for this spectrum to develop with the different roles and make sure actually that it is contributing to the NHS long-term aim of having that sustainability of workforce in place. In terms of what I think ha- will happen in the in kind of broader picture of things within the NHS, I guess we know now that we're moving into a new model of population health is, is a big thing. So I think whoever is coming into primary care or whoever even has been in primary care needs to get to grips with population health and population health management, not to an advanced level necessarily, if you can, yeah. if you like to. Uh, there's, there's people that I know that are doing masters and that kind of stuff. But I think it's about having the awareness of we're not just we've moved from just treating individuals at you know kind of practice level to more prevention strategies working with public health to work on prevention rather than just treating all the time and working on wider populations to identify what their needs are and delivering to those needs as well so uh, i think that's the direction that we're heading in even though we do have things like system level care and pathways being designed at system level, they will not be able to run sustainably if we don't get to grips with population health early on in this uh, five-year journey. I love working in primary care. I absolutely love it. But long term, the goal is to broaden out our client base and to take on more integrated care projects because it's not just primary care in a vacuum. And one could argue we kind of do that already in uh, our primary care network but how we position ourselves in branding and marketing people think we're only primary care and it's you know our broader mission is to have a positive influence in the field of health so we can we've got the facilitation skills we've got the network we've got the understanding of the complexity and system working so we won't just be thc primary care forever we'll be broader and hopefully the goal is that we will, you know, we can we can provide the facilitation and business development in some of those projects. So it won't always be THC primary care. And that's, you know, it's a big reason why we do the podcast, because I'm learning all the every time I speak to people like yourselves, it's like, okay, you know, I'm collecting it's the best form of networking training that you could ever I could ever have it's fantastic so that's my longer term aim what's yours I mean to be honest the 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 honest answer is I'm still trying to kind of structure and work it out as I go along because we are in a profession I think as pharmacists where we are fortunate that it's there's so much versatility and heterogeneity in the role that you could do so much either simultaneously or one one role and then the next but I think for me 
I think it would be quite good to, my focus is around primary care now. I think that we are, as when I look at Soul Beyond and the reason why I joined Soul Beyond, it's actually the level of ambition to transcend what we've learned at prim, in primary care and why not break into further environments within the, 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 the entire integrated system. And, and, and also, I mean, we've all even gone abroad, so it's not just necessarily NHS work, but also seeing how some of the innovative work that we've done in the NHS around pathway redesign for weight management and obesity is now a hit somewhere like the Middle East where there is an obesity problem and a crisis going on. You know, before my exposure to this role, I didn't know that you could do that as a pharmacist and actually innovate and have that level of creativity and thinking to not just look at your immediate environment, but also beyond. So I would love nothing more than that for me to, to for that to be my, uh, my next step and actually have the the opportunity to, I feel that the, first, the step I've taken now is, is to be able to nationally influence lots of pharmacists working in different settings across the UK. But I would think it would be amazing if I could do that even beyond our local kind of UK health economy and beyond. Um, what would you say is your, sh- your biggest strength? Is my, my, my ability to connect to people. When it's, I could think when I first qualified, even as, as, as a kind of pharmacist to patient kind of relation, that was always very natural for me. So connecting with patients was easy. Connecting with colleagues was easy in, in general practice. And then now in networks where there's even more and more stakeholders to, 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 um, to engage with. And I think through Soul Beyonds and, and our clients as well, that ability, I think, to connect to people, understand the why. So why is it? What can we do if we want to lead and connect others to fulfill their collective potential, we need to connect to them quite well early on in the journey. And I feel that that is one of my strengths. It's the the people connection side of things that's enabled me really to uh, dovetail my two roles so far and hopefully expand things further and actually do take things beyond just, as you say, primary care, NHS setting. Have you ever had a period in your career where you felt like, I don't know if I want to be a pharmacist anymore? I think when I did, um, when I worked in community pharmacy and had gone through the stage of having, you know, managed community pharmacies and kind of quite thrived in that role really quite quickly, I thought it did, when things stagnated a little bit, I did feel sometimes, is this the right I can still be a pharmacist because nobody can take that away from me. But actually, can I, can I be a pharmacist and actually do something different by utilising what I do know as a pharmacist? And actually, I, I know that helping people come up with solutions and connecting people to to fulfil their potential is my thing. So actually, if I do that in in a in a kind of pharmacy context in a health context, I think that would be a win win because it's my where my strengths and where my training and education is. But I think that I can go a step beyond and, and do other things. And there have been times in the past where I've been tempted to help with, you know, kind of human- humanitarian projects, sometimes mm-hmm. even abroad overseas. And you then question, actually, is, shall I box myself, be a pharmacist and just work on medicines optimization and, and projects for the rest of my career? Or do I go and help, you know, communities in Africa, for example? I mean, my, my, my origins, I do hail from North Africa and... I've got lots of experiences there, having you know grown up and visited many times, and seen what the health scenario is over there. We're both kind of from a health provision as a standard health service, but also from a public health perspective. And there's so much that we can innovate and do and help over there. So 
I think if, if I wasn't a pharmacist, I probably would be in the voluntary sector somewhere, okay. helping developing emerging uh, health economies to really kind of carry out what I've learned and what I've developed so far as a pharmacist in those environments. If people want to connect with you um, and Saw Beyond, where's the best place to find you? So to connect to me at Saw Beyond, I would say LinkedIn, something I've begun to use increasingly more now, particularly since I joined Saw Beyond, actually, because I've just noticed how beneficial it is. And I don't think in the NHS, everybody uses it to the same degree. So that's been um, quite useful for me. And I do use that now a lot for my networking and connecting. I think alternatively, probably I'm not really... I don't use a lot of Twitter and Facebook and that kind of social media, to be honest. So um, I'd probably say that the normal channels, so email, so our Saw Beyond website is very user-friendly in terms of telling you who it works. We're a relatively small company, so you can see everybody's yeah. picture and, and, and biography as well. So you'll quickly get to know us and you can find me on there and, and find out how to contact me and connect directly. So we, we pride ourselves on being very accessible and very responsive and certainly not those people that are very hard to get hold of. And just spell your last name so, so people can find you. So my last name is Lakluk. That, that's L-A-K-L-O-U-K. Okay, cool. And we'll also leave it in the show notes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tara. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having so much for joining us if you like what you hear i would absolutely love it if you left us an itunes rating and five star review i know many of you give us a shout out on social media which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast so please come and find us on twitter at thc primary care on instagram at thc primary care and on linkedin just look for tara humphrey and if you're not subscribed to our newsletter please do it's really really funny you get to hear more insights more confessions some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week so click on join the newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.